1: You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Friday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes Podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and we have another great episode for you today. We're going to be talking about last night's loss to Purdue for the Iowa basketball team, and why we should not be overreacting to a game that Iowa fell to, a top 10 ranked program, and what we can take away that was positive from that game. We're also going to be talking about the Iowa-Penn State duel tonight, the biggest wrestling matchup the biggest biggest wrestling duel of the entire season and where iowa has the best opportunity to take advantage and a win at carver versus penn state we're going to be talking about both those things on today's episode of the locked on hawkeyes podcast but first i want to thank you all for making the locked on hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day you can find the locked on hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on youtube by searching locked on hawkeyes so let's get into it the men's basketball team last night fell to purdue uh, another disappointing loss one that really i would never was in it from the start and and yes to a degree they had a chance or middle of the second half but i would never really had a lead this entire game ultimately falling to purdue 83 to 73 as we do with every men's basketball game we're going to be giving you a very quick recap and then hop into the takeaways and let you know what is going to happen from here on out? What needs to happen? What is next for this Iowa basketball team? Yesterday when we talked about this game, I said there were a couple of keys to beating Purdue. It was not allowing them to shoot the three ball well. They had eight guys shooting over 35% from 3, and it showed because in this game they just absolutely dominated from behind the arc shooting 59%, 13 of 22. Sasha Stefanovic, which I don't know when he's ever going to leave, feel like he's been there forever, uh, hit 4 of 9. Isaiah Thompson hit 4 of 6. Jaden Ivey, who didn't actually start in this game, only played 16 minutes, was 3 of 4. We also got 1 of 2 out of Eric Hunter and 1 of 1 out of Ethan Morton. So when you're looking at this game, we knew Iowa couldn't let them do that. We knew Iowa had to emphasize perimeter defense to be able to win this game. Yeah, Zach Eady is a good basketball player. Travion Williams is a good basketball player. But you can live with them beating you down low a little bit if you can stop the barrage of three-pointers, and especially the very timely three-pointers. It felt like every time Iowa got an opportunity to make a run or every time Iowa drew it close, got within five points, Purdue would hit another big-time three to extend the lead again. Turnovers were a bit interesting as well. Um, Going into this game, Purdue, uh, not exactly the worst team at turnovers. They did a good job of holding onto the ball, not making mistakes. Iowa did a good job of kind of playing their defense in this game, forcing 15 turnovers against Purdue. And I say playing good defense. I meant forcing turnovers. They obviously did not play that good a defense when you allow 83 points, but getting 15 turnovers compared to their nine. Iowa's rebounding was better as well. Uh, Out-rebounded Purdue by five rebounds on the offensive glass. Um, Did get out-rebounded on defensive glass quite a bit, but I'll take that defensive energy, um, or that rebounding energy, I should say, uh, that we saw last night up against almost any other team, right? Purdue has a lot of size. It's going to be difficult to win that rebounding battle when you are struggling from a size advantage uh, so significantly. Keegan Murray, uh, he only played – Unfortunately, 23, or sorry, let me phrase it, 29 minutes in that game, but he sat out half of the first half because of Fran's ridiculous and dumb personal foul policy. Fran's policy is that if you get two fouls in the first half, you're done for the entire half. In the post-game press conference, he was asked about that, and I hated, absolutely hated his answer. He said, well, yeah, but he got his third right away in the second half, then I left him in. So now if he gets another one, then all of a sudden he's at four and I have to sit for the sit him for the next 14 minutes. He gets his third, I just keep playing. He was good in the second half. We need we needed him to be better. You say, oh, he had an off game. 14 and 9 is pretty good. The kid did a lot of good things. He's defending guys in some cases a lot bigger than him. I hate the logic that, oh, well, if he gets his fourth, he's out now. You have five fouls to give Fran. Five, use them all. Two fouls, I mean, oh my gosh. I, I understand potentially sitting a guy with three fouls in that first half, but two fouls, you take him out, your best player for 10 minutes is absurd. And then to say, well, if he gets another one, then all of a sudden we're screwed. That You need him to play the basketball game. You need him to be into the game. I would rather have Keegan Murray foul himself out then Fran McCaffrey foul him out for us. Nevertheless, with Keegan out, uh, Chris Murray got a lot more playing time, which he definitely should be getting a lot more playing time going forward. Finished with 23 points on four of nine shooting with five boards. And again, I mentioned the fact that Purdue really had to lead the entire game. Iowa did make a comeback. That first 10 minutes was a bit of a struggle for the Iowa Hawkeyes, uh, getting down quite significantly, 24 to 11. But over the next 20 minutes, Iowa battled back. Q2, they only lost by two points. Q3, they actually had a nine-point advantage. So Iowa continued to battle back in this game. Nevertheless, it just wasn't enough against a very strong Purdue team, ultimately falling 83-73 to at Carver-Hawkeye Arena. It's unfortunate for the Hawks, but... The story we go on. We expected this to be a loss. Now Iowa gets Penn State on Monday. Coming up, we're going to be talking about the takeaways from this game, why you shouldn't be overreacting to a few different performances, and what did Iowa do well in this game? That's all coming up here in a few short moments. But first, do you want to save some money? Do you want to put a little money in your pocket? Well, this is your host, Andrew Wade, and I'm telling you, I have an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every single time they fill up. All you need to do is download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use the promo code SCORE. That's S-C-O-R-E for 25 cents per gallon cash back or more on your first fill-up. Don't pay full price to pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code SCORE for 25 cents per gallon or more. On your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a year in cash back. And there is literally no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. And you can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or even an e-gift card for Amazon or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code SCORE to get up to $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE. Put a little money in your pocket every time you fill up. And it is Super Week, brought to you by Get Upside. And there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than Locked On NFL Podcast will be. Locked On NFL will be in LA all week covering the big game. Should be a fantastic time. Boots on the ground. So make sure to tune into the Locked On NFL Podcast as they cover the Super Bowl leading up to that in the next couple of weeks. Let's get into the rest of our show, though. The men's basketball team, again, as we talked about on segment one, dropped that game to Purdue. Now we're going to get into some of the takeaways. We already mentioned the fact that Keegan Murray and that two-foul rule is absolutely ridiculous. You basically foul him out of that game, which is just never going to be good. But there's other things that I thought were really important as well. We've mentioned rebounding so many times. Rebounding was much better in this game. Iowa losing 36-31, to 31, but that's a much better advantage than Iowa had the last time they played Purdue. And they won that offensive board battle as well. Those are the kind of things that are going to play out in upcoming games. The other thing Purdue is a really good freaking team. Yes, we fell to Purdue at home. That does not mean Iowa is not a tournament team. This was never going to be a team like last year. Apologies. Apologies, had to uh, had to sneeze there. Um, this was never going to be a tournament team like last year, right? We have the ability to go to the tournament, but we were not going to be a number two seed. We were not going to be regularly beating top ten, top ten teams, which we didn't exactly do last year all the time either. We knew it was going to take time for this team, and there's still a lot of time for this team to continue to gel, develop, and get better. We are seeing them get better on the glass, Now we need to see that perimeter defense get better. I would like to see a few guys take a step up like a Jordan Bohannon, who has really, really struggled in conference play this year. Shooting only 27.5% from three, you need Jordan Bohannon to be shooting better. It's games like these at Carver where you need Jordan Bohannon to hit four or five threes. You need him to be going shot for shot with the other team. We have not seen that against top competition yet this year. Now it's hard because he's essentially a big focus of the defensive side of the basketball. They're putting a lot of emphasis on not allowing Jordan Bohannon to do that, but the Iowa Hawkeyes and Fran McCaffrey need to do a better job of getting him the ball with opportunities to shoot. And Jordan needs to hit. He's had some opportunities and he has not been hitting. Phil Babracha was also injured in this game. Sounds like he tweaked his ankle. He has been very good as of late. My takeaway from that, though, is Iowa clearly is not confident in their two big men. Otherwise, with your only big man out, how do you not put in Joshua Gundelay in for more than five minutes? Where's Riley Mulvey at? Clearly, Fran McCaffrey does not trust either of these big guys, and that's going to be a problem throughout the rest of the season. If you get Philip Bracha in foul trouble, or Philip Bracha gets injured, and now Philip Bracha is not exactly a big man himself. He's better positioned to probably play the four and not the five. But here we are, and we can't trust our other big men. That is going to be a problem going forward. Defense is still not there. They had good games against Indiana and Penn State. I mentioned this on previous shows. Indiana and Penn State's offenses, not very good. Purdue had an elite offense, and Iowa could not stop them. Now, to be fair, if you look back at last year's Iowa team, which Purdue is very reminiscent of this year, even when Iowa was going up against good defenses, Iowa torched those defenses. So a good offense can be a good defense, but nevertheless, you would like to see, have seen Iowa's defense play a bit better perimeter defense against the Purdue Boilermakers. Also, I, I don't know how you aren't playing Chris Murray more. right? I mean, when he gets the opportunities, he has been phenomenal. He has taken advantage of those opportunities, and I really, really like the lineup with him and Keegan Murray in the game. They got it to within five points against Purdue with both those guys in the game. They are matchup nightmares. Six-foot-eight guys who can drive, shoot, and defend. Even against Purdue, though, 24 minutes played against Penn State, 20 minutes played. Rutgers, only 11. Minnesota, only 11. He got 29 against Indiana, 20 against Wisconsin, 10 against Maryland, Uh, 16 against Iowa State, 17 against Illinois. You... uh, 26 against Purdue the last time when Keegan was out of the game. You need to play Chris Murray more. I don't know where those minutes are taken out of. My, my thought would be if Jordan Bohannon is struggling shooting the ball, maybe you go a little bit bigger there. Chris can shoot the ball pretty well. Maybe if Phil Brock is struggling, you put Chris there. I, I just don't see how you don't get Chris Murray on the floor more. He needs to be playing. 25 minutes every single game. I don't care if he doesn't start. That is not my problem. But Chris Murray needs to be playing 25 minutes every single game. He is arguably the second best player on this team. If nothing else, he is at least top four on this team. And you need your top four player getting more minutes than what he is currently getting. He has shown that he is able and willing to rise to the occasion. And again, when Chris and Keegan are on the floor together, good things happen. I love the combo of those two together. If you don't want to have them on the floor the whole time, if you really want to balance these lineups out and have Chris come in with the reserves, I understand that too. But if you want to get Keegan 30 minutes a game, you want to get Chris 25 minutes a game, there is going to be overlap of those two. And it is fine. It is good. It is good for the Iowa basketball team. And they need to do a better job of capitalizing on that. We have chess pieces here. Let's use those chess pieces. We are not, though. And that is very frustrating. Also, Iowa, much better job shooting free throws in this game, 94% from the Charity Stripe. Fantastic job. They needed to get better there. We've seen them struggle in past games, especially in crunch time, shooting the free throws, and we saw them get a little bit better in this Purdue game, hitting 17 of 18 in that game. Now, to the overreactions. I saw a lot of overreactions here. Uh, Y'all, Keegan Murray is not a bad player. I saw some of that. Keegan Murray is still a very strong player. He's still the best player on this basketball team. You have to consider the fact that when you are playing with foul trouble and you are worried about getting yanked at any given time, you're going to play a little bit tentative. But Keegan Murray has risen to the occasion. He has done a pretty good job. In games against Tier A opponents, he's shooting 56%. That's pretty darn impressive. In conference only, in tier A, it would be like your top teams, um, top 50 opponents, excuse me, top 50 Ken Palm opponents. That's still pretty darn good. In conference play, he's shooting 40% from three. He's shooting 59% from the field. His defensive and offensive rebounding percentages are top 20. His offensive rating is top 10. He's doing a good job. He has a couple of games where he struggles. Was the game against Purdue his best game? It was not, but it was not absolutely horrendously bad. He still had one of the best offensive ratings on the entire team in that game with 119. So Keegan Murray is still a very good player just because he had a not a great game, just because he didn't put up 30 points does not mean he's a bad player. He's also the number one target of every single team. He is getting all of the opposing defense's top players and best looks to stop him. And finally, this is still a tournament team. We lost to Purdue. Move on. we got to keep going. So moving on to what is next. is still searching for a Quadrant 1 win. They don't have it yet. They don't have that signature win. And I'm honestly, I'm worried they may not get one. They only have four games with Quadrant 1 opportunities at this point. Now, again, it's always important to note that net rankings can change. However, only four at this point. Their best chances in this order are number 10 Michigan State at Iowa February 22nd, Iowa at Michigan on March 3rd, Iowa at Ohio State, top 25 ranked Ohio State, in a week, February 3rd, and then at Illinois March 6th. There are no other Q1 opportunities as of right now. Ken Palm still has Iowa going 21-10, and, and they will probably finish with a buy, not a double buy, in the Big Ten Conference Tournament. They need to get at least one win, if not two. I think that secures them that spot in the tournament. But they really need to get a signature win. They really need a signature win against one of these four teams. Or they need a Minnesota, even uh, not a Rutgers, I guess at this point, a Minnesota um, to or an Indiana to move up in net rankings to give them a better opportunity to have that signature win. At this point, Iowa is still a seven seed, though. You're not looking at this Iowa team and saying this is a bad team. They just can't beat the best teams. And that is clearly going to be a problem come tournament time, but we never expected this team to be a top-10 ranked program or a team that was going to consistently beat top-10 ranked programs this year. Coming up, we're going to talk about Iowa versus Penn State. It is the biggest wrestling duel of the year, and we got to make sure that we are covering it. We're going to be giving you a breakdown weight class by weight class of what to expect in this matchup. But first, it is the new year, which means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you make sure you include Built Bar in your built plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar, and it makes it so easy to stick to your New Year's resolutions because it tastes so good. You're gonna want to eat it. Unlike those other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. If you want to eat healthy, it just gets boring sometimes. So grab yourself a Built Bar, which is covered in 100% real chocolate, and let me break down the facts for you. These built bars, most of them contain 130 calories. They have four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and only se- or and plus 17 grams of protein, compared to a normal candy bar which has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and a dozen net carbs. Why wouldn't you grab yourself a built bar today? So with the new year, grab yourself a built bar, help you stick to your resolutions, and eat something healthy and also delicious at the same time. And you can get this built bar by going to built.com. That's b-u-i-l-t.com. And use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com.
1: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the years best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com.
0: All right, y'all. We've talked a lot about the Iowa basketball team. Now it's time to turn our attention to the Iowa wrestling program. It is going to be a wild environment tonight in Carver-Hawkeye Arena as the number... Three-ranked Iowa wrestling team takes on number one-ranked Penn State wrestling team. Iowa has not looked as good as you would like them to have looked this season, but they've been dealing with injuries. They've been getting guys in the lineup. They've been getting other guys some time on the mat, and really, they've just been kind of playing a, a gray, been straddling a gray line of of to be dominant versus being healthy at the mm-hmm. end of the season. The most important thing is winning an NCAA title. Nevertheless, beating Penn State. Will make a lot of people very happy, and this is going to be a wild matchup. At 125, you got number 11 Drake Ayala versus number seven Drew Hildebrand. At 133, number one Roman Bravo Young versus number three Austin DeSanto. At 141, number one Nick Lee versus number two Jaden Ironman. At 149, number 10 Max Miran versus number 19 Bo Bartlett. At 157, number 12 Caleb Young versus an unranked opponent who we are not sure they have an OR in their lineup for Penn State. At 165, number five, Alex Marinelli versus number eleven, Brady Burge. At 174, number one, Carter Sirochi versus number two, Michael Kimmerer. At 184, number one, Aaron Brooks versus number seventeen, Abe Assad. At 197, number four, Jacob Warner versus number two, Max Dean. And at heavyweight, you got number four, Greg Kervillet versus number five, Tony Cassiope. That is quite a lot of ranked matchups here. So let's break it down, weight by weight. At 125. Drake Ayala has looked good. He has beaten top 10 opponents to this point. This is going to be one of the most important, if not the most important matchups of his young career. Getting a win at 125 against number seven, Drew Hildebrandt would be a good win for the Hawks because there there's a lot of toss-up opportunities here. Actually, when you look at it, you look at 157 or 165, those are Iowa's best chances for wins here, right? You have Alex Marinelli coming off a loss. You feel pretty good about him taking down number 11, Brady Burge. At 157, you feel pretty good about Caleb Young taking down an unranked opponent. He needs to be more consistent. He needs to get a win here. And if he doesn't, that's a huge loss for the Iowa Hawkeyes. But you look at them and you say, We're, we definitely need to count on getting wins at 157 and 165. At 184, you say... We're probably not getting a win there with Abe Assad versus Aaron Brooks. Aaron Brooks is one of the best in the business. You're not getting a win at 184. And at 133, the way Roman Bravo Young has wrestled Austin DeSanto, I have never felt confident in him getting that win, at least the last couple of years. He wrestles him so well, it seems like strategically speaking, he knows what Austin DeSanto's kryptonite is. He does a great job of being patient in those matchups and just taking advantage of Austin DeSanto and what he's seen on film. I just It's one of those games, it's kind of like Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning just could not overcome Tom Brady for a lot of his career. That's how it feels with Roman Bravo-Young and Austin DeSanto. Now granted, Peyton Manning did overcome Tom Brady late in his career when the Broncos beat the Panthers. However, or the Broncos beat the Panthers in the Super Bowl, beat the Patriots for that. However, this is going to be a tough matchup, and I would count on Roman Bravo-Young coming ready to play and wrestle, and get that W there. So again, you look at the other matches, and it becomes all the more important that you get those swing matches, you get those wins. Drew is a three-time NCAA qualifier at 125. So Drake Ayala, a big-time matchup for him, an opportunity to put himself on the map. At 141, you got one versus two. Jaden Ironman is two and one against Nick Lee, but fell last year in the finals. You better believe Jaden Ironman is out for revenge. It is going to be a big-time matchup. That is literally a complete toss-up in either direction. At 149, Max Miran, again, a little bit inconsistent. You have to get that win versus Bo Bartlett. I would give Iowa the edge at 149. So at 125, I would say it's a complete toss-up. At 141, a complete toss-up. At 149, Iowa has the edge there. At 174, with Carter Sirochi versus Michael Cameron, I would say it's a complete toss-up. Michael beat him... Last year in the Big Ten Tournament, lost in the finals in the NCAA Tournament. It's going to go either way. Michael has not wrestled a ton this year. Um, still a big-time opportunity to get a win for the Hawks. At 197, I would probably give Penn State maybe the slight edge there, but Jacob Warner has done a phenomenal job of getting wins in crunch time for the Iowa Hawkeye wrestling program. Uh, so no idea what to expect there. And that heavyweights. You have Greg Kervelit versus Tony Cassiope. Uh, Cassiope won last year, but Greg was hurt. So we're not really sure what to expect there either. Again, when you look at this lineup, there is an edge that you give Iowa at 149, but 125, 141, 174, 197 heavyweight, I would say is a complete toss-up. We need Carver to be bumping tonight. And I cannot wait to be glued to my television watching a huge, a big-time wrestling duel, uh, a duel that is going to get a lot of notoriety across the country for wrestling fans. We'll be breaking down this duel, and we'll be giving you a preview of Iowa versus Penn State, which is the basketball game on Monday, uh, dropping on our Monday episode. So stay tuned for all of that. Thank you all for tuning in to today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Just a reminder, with NFL games coming up, you can check out the Lockdown Bets podcast they do a great job of breaking down three to four games every single day that you can bet on at betonline.ag. Hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert, Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're going to give you the games you need to bet on so you can put some money in your pocket. That will do it for our show today, though. I appreciate you all tuning in to today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Have a fantastic Friday and even better weekend. And as always, Hawkeye Nation, let's go, Hawks.
1: Hey, Prime members.